Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. How important is it not to be stagnant and always like, you know, reaching for the next level? You got to put the work in. If you're going to pray and you're going to ask God to order your steps and and get you in the rooms that you're called to be, you have to put work behind that goal. But when you ask asking God for execution, prosperity, longevity, this, you have to put work behind it. <laughs> what that mean? <laughs> All right, we are here with the lovely, talented, pretty V. Hello, what they do? <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Yes. Well, it's pretty V, but since it's business, it's going to be Vina today. Okay, talk <laughs> So we're going to have a dope conversation. Yeah. Obviously, you know, people know you for your comic work, but I don't think people fully appreciate the business side. And you yeah. said something upstairs that was really dope. You said you turn comedy to fortune. Funny to money. Funny to money. Funny to money. Yeah, don't try to, that's us. Yeah, don't try to come in and I'll go on the gram and all that. I said, what's going on with Troy Rashad? Why? So I'm interested to know, there's a lot that goes into it, Yeah. but how do we get to this point? How did you realize that you was talented enough to actually make a living out of telling jokes and how did you scale it to where you are now? Well, you know, I had no idea like where I was going to, what I was going to do. I know I had a vision like, hey, I wanted to um, be into the entertainment business and I, I started off doing radio at first. So I had no idea like comedy was the lane, but I knew I wanted to be in front of the camera. I was like, you know what? I get it. I've, I've been on so many job interviews. I've been interning at different radio stations in North Carolina because I went to school at St. Aug in Raleigh. Mm. Um, and I graduated in four years and I had my own radio show called Lounge 22. And then I stayed in Charlotte, moved from Raleigh to Charlotte and had another show called The VXO Show. And I was like, okay, I love what I'm, I love it, but it's still, I, I'm still missing something. Something is missing. So I was like, mm, I want to be in front of the camera. My mom always said, you're talented. You're going to be in the arts. Let's do it. So I just sat in Charlotte at my homegirl's house on her couch, and she was like, just write yourself in the street. Let's see if it's going to do something. It went crazy. Baller alert, shade room, bossip. So many, like, media outlets was just reposting. I was like, wow, but I'm still broke. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm, I still have no money. Like, I'm still, like, trying to figure it out. So that's when I had to, you know, apply at the Fairfield Marriott. Um, I worked for the baby. I was, uh, you know, on a tailor um, assistant at the time, admin. And at the time, the baby was called Baby Jesus. So I was doing all his, like, bookings and just trying to, like, make sure radio plays was good for him. What, what year was that? Ooh, that was 2016, 17. Okay. So um, we were, we, and he was, like, he was trying to get out in the music as well. He was at 15K. I was at, like, 60K, 100K. And so we were trying to work with each other. Like, I do skits with you, you know, get your music out. It was just, like, just back and forth, you know, just helping each other at the time. And I got fired from that. You know, Arnold was like, you got to go. Yeah. You were looking too, you were looking up too much Jim Carrey on the, on the job. Like, yeah. you know, we need you to focus, you know. And that's when. I got the job at Phil Fermier. Yeah, I was working. I was lying to all my friends. Like, I work at, um, I worked at Phil Fermier, but I'm the social media coordinator. Like, niggas, like, no, you're not. Like, you actually work at the front desk. So I was like, okay, I got fired from that. And I was like, what is it, Lord? Like, what am I supposed to do? So that's when, to go back to fight myself in the street, I was still broke. But I was able to get my first brand ambassadorship. Someone gave me a chance. Deshaun, I worked for a hair company. Uh, it was based out of um, Delaware. She gave me a chance. 
$500 a month. That was nothing. My rent was $1,200. I still had to figure it out. So mm. I was like, oh, this is too much. Me and my sister were living with each other. So I had to figure it out. And I just kept fighting. I just kept doing skits, Peanut Mama, all that. Da, 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 da. And then um, that's when Wallin' Out came. Yeah. I, I auditioned for um, to be a comedian on the show, and I lied. And I said, Carlos Miller, my uncle. Like, he's young, <laughs> like my cousin. Like, y'all gonna give me a chance, Shout you know? Like, I was like, look, my homegirl gave me the email from Viacom. I was lying on the email, like, hey, Carlos Miller's my uncle. DC, my cousin, like. It's a joke. Yeah, y'all. like, what I gotta do to get out to New York? You know, it's nothing for me to fly, but I had no money to go to New York either. I had to beg my mom's friend. How many followers you had at that time? Oof, I had like 100K. So how did it feel to have 100,000 followers and no money? Ooh, sad, <laughs> depressed. People yeah. thought you had money because of your social media clout? Yeah, and the way I carry myself too. I'm never, I'm never going to look like I'm going through something. Mm. That's what I learned. You never look like you know what you're going through. Even when I was depressed, even when it was COVID just a year ago, I had a lot going on, but I was like, look, there's no deals right now. We're not paying anybody for promo because companies have to, have to say this up. It was one time you know, my manager was reaching out to an hair company that I had. And I was like, oh, let's, we're going to charge you 10 k You know, Vina got, you know, 4.6 million followers. You know, she, she, gonna, she was like, I don't have that. I'm in a drought. It's COVID. Mm. So we had to kind of fall back on other things because the company that we were working for, they didn't even have it to pay. So I never carried myself how I looked. I've always... I'm Caribbean, so we never mm. show we got too much this, you know, pride to kill yourself. So it's really like I'm not going to look like what I'm going through. I'm not going to do this. So I had to kind of get myself together and, and uh, show that I have it all together. And internally, I didn't. I was, it was, a, it, I had 100K and I had no money. Yeah. So but you, I, you're not just Caribbean. You're not, I'm not going to let you slide. <laughs> we are Jamaican. Yeah, we're Jamaican. Yeah. And so growing up in a Jamaican household, yeah. obviously I grew up in one myself. There's a lot of pressure to be a few things in life. Teacher, mm. nurse, doctor. Mm. Yes. How supportive was mom with you going into the arts? Because you said mom was like, oh, you're going to be talented in the arts. Yeah. Was she supportive right away or she, did she want to be you, had, see you in a specific career? My mom was supportive right away. She told me when I was in high school. You know, my mom's a pastor. So she literally, you know, she gets into her, her space and place and starts praying. And she's like, well, you're going to do this. God told me. And I'm like, all right, mom, I carry that. Till, till this day that I'm going to be here and this is what my calling is. So when, when she told me that, she said, my kids are going to be things, but you have to continue to walk in that purpose. If you don't believe it, you could work at the post office. That's fine, but that's not in God's way. That's not in his will mm-hmm. to do. So she was a supporter. My father wasn't, though. Mm-hmm. He said, oh, no, that's not going to work out. You're going to do what? You need to be a real estate agent. You need to do this. So it was like I had to deal with him, but I showed him that I'm, I'm able to turn Funny into money. When I got my first billboard in Times Square with the company Myel, that literally looked. I looked at my dad. I said, "Oh, I'm, I got a billboard." What? Hold on, you know. I got what? Where's the billboard? So I kind of go like, I'm like, yeah. Now what are we talk about? Then got bread off that billboard. You know. Then yeah. had to do a photo shoot and got paid to do that. Yeah. This is what we're doing. We're not doing it just to uh, just to be a face and just no. We want longevity. So I say that to say, when I had 100K, I had 5K, I had 10K, you know, I, was, I, was, I already had the vision. I just needed a push. And my family, which is my mom, she pushed me. My cousins, my friends did too. But I had no outlet. I was still trying to figure it out. Instagram, I was putting my trust in this app to figure out, like, hey, I'm not doing this casting call. Like, I'm not a number in line wrapped around the building. Like, this is really an outlet that could put me on. And I think... A lot of influencers, a lot of comedians, even actors and actresses, and even people like yourself who is here to tell your story. I know stuff could, stuff could be hard and you have the anxiety behind it, depression, because you don't, you don't know if you're getting your goal. You don't know if your numbers are going to hit. Mm-hmm. A lot of people go through that. And it's just like for me, I had to kind of draw back recently and say, you know what? I'm going to have fun with what I'm doing and I'm going to make sure I get what I need from what I'm doing. I, I want to so, talk yeah. about the grind a little bit yeah. because finding the money is a great model to live by but there's a there's a grind that goes into this yeah. right so take me through that how what are you doing to prepare because the skits obviously went viral but are we waking up are we writing the skits the night before how many are we writing in a week what what, what was that like we're not writing oh, it's I, all it's in off my top mind. of the head yeah Ooh. i have like my imagination is very like big so i have to see myself before i execute it on my page and i know what's gonna work 
especially for my supporters that I have. And the ones that are looking and not liking, they see it too. So it's all in my head. I should be writing. Um, I do have things that I'm working on that I am. I have to write. But when I do the skits that you see, it really comes off the dome and I just do it. Choose your baby daddy wiser. <laughs> How long? Because a lot of people are funny, but they can't make content. I don't think the people fully appreciate content creation. It's, it's something that is like an art. Yeah. How long does it take you to create a skit? Like, do you do like a couple different takes? Mm-hmm. Do you look at it? Do you edit it? Say, I want to do it this way. I want to do it that way. Like, walk us through your your creativity process. Well, you, I don't know if you guys know my page. I see the table. You know that I, I get crazy on in the kitchen. So mm-hmm. it always goes down in the kitchen. I mean, of course, I'm outside of that, but. I always try to go back home with it because I have characters who, Pina Mom and these Sharon characters that I do that <laughs> loves to get in the kitchen. So I don't, I do a lot of takes. I may have an idea, so I'm going to do it. Mm, it's not really, it's not getting me. I'm not chickled. I'm not laughing, so I need to do it again. So I feel like the second time I do it, it'll be organic to me. But then when I send it. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles? And a breakfast cutoff. Ba da ba ba ba. Out to my friends, like I may send it out to my team, my glam team, my manager, my cousins, my, even my mom. Why did you send me this? I don't want to see this foolishness. You're crazy. So I, I look, they, they tell me which one. Like they're like, oh, I think number one is good. Then number two, but then I'm like, I don't know what I'm talking about. I'll just go ahead and post. So I don't really do the edited. Everything's raw. I mean, I do it like maybe like once or twice, and whichever one that resonates with me, I just post. So, I mean, obviously content is, is tough to make, but you've mastered the art of monetizing. And so was there a specific clip that took you out of here and gave you the vision to say, all right, now I have opportunities to monetize? And if so, what, what were the, the, the ways you monetized it? I know monetizing can come from different places as far as like Instagram paying you mm-hmm. and, you know, of course, the YouTube. But I'm going to be very honest. I just got put on to the, as far as social media paying the influencer, the artist. Do. I had no clue. How I was running everything was different companies reaching out and we picking through which one we want to work with. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, I'm going to give you 50 grand. I'm going to give you 10,000 for a post. I'm going to give you 20,000 for a post. Um, so I didn't, I don't, the monetizing part when it came from social media, I didn't get put onto that until like maybe last year. Mm-hmm. You know, um, shout out to Country Range, shout out to Desi. They're the one who was like, you know, Instagram paying for what we're doing now, right? So there was other communities in the space that were like, Hey, yeah. This is what you should be doing? Yeah, this is okay. what you should be doing. You know, YouTube been paying us. You know, YouTube been on or whatever, but it's, it depends on the subscribers, all this stuff. So I didn't know Instagram was paying because I was already making money off of just the companies paying us. Did you set the price on that? Because, I mean, what's the price that you tell them to pay? Like, it could be 500 Yeah. You said it went up to, to I mean, at first, it yeah. was, at first it was like 500 500 a post. Yeah. And I think companies have to understand, like, we are going to maybe help you with following, maybe drive sales for you guys. Me and my team ask, like, mm-hmm. what do you, when you pay, when you invest in me, because it's investment, one, you're giving me your money, mm-hmm. you're giving me 12000 a post, you're giving me five grand, whichever one it is. And sometimes I may do stuff off face if I know you, you know, but when it comes to the business side, and I know we're going to do this for six months to a year, we need to talk, you know, what's your goal, you know. How am I going to be an asset to your company? What do you look for me to do? Because I know what I bring to the table as a comedian and an actress. I know if you give me your ten grand, and you're going to tell me to post this because you want your followers. You're going to go. You're going to go. The prime example, uh, Infinite Hair Growth Oil. When I had, look at my hang time. I don't know you guys heard that song. I was like, I got hair and clean underwear. It's like I, you know, that was just a funny promo video that I did. I lived in Charlotte back then, and I was like. Let me find a little cool J. I need love in Shemittal and just get crazy on this. Mm-hmm. You know, they were at like like 18K. They're not at 80K after that song went dumb. Then she called me. She said, I'm sold out of everything. Please don't post for the next month. Mm-hmm. So for that, I need a bag now. Now I need you to kind of, ah, 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 because we got ha, 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 and I got to eat too, you know? Yeah. How much do you get paid now to post? Well, y'all want to know that. <laughs> <laughs> Everything, I'm gonna be right. <laughs> no, it's, everything really starts to like in the 15 and up, okay. 15 grand. This is a new space for all of us. So, how did you determine this is what I'm gonna charge for this? Because it's like there's really no set criteria. You kind of yeah. just make it up as you go. So, the engagements, the engagements, um, you look at 
And I'm not going to knock anybody that doesn't have any, like the millions of followers, because they may have more engagements than the ones who have a million followers, mm -hmm. as you could see. Mm -hmm. You know, some people be like, yo, you got 300K, nigga, your shit went over a half a million. My shit stuck on 20,000 views. Like, wow, you got to, like, something's not balancing when you have 55, 5.5 million followers. So how, how me and my team work, we just, we look at our engagements. We go through our insights. We go through, you know, um, the demographic of people that are tuning in, you know, the women, the men, the, the, you know, just the age. And we just, you know, how that engagement flowing. We don't, we don't buy followers. Everything yeah. has come from 2016 with me. So everyone from then is in 2021. We're not charging $500 a post no more. Yeah. Because I feel like we, the followers grew. Well, you got 5 million followers. Yeah. So yeah. obviously you can't do that. Yeah. yeah. And then I'm on TV. You yeah. got to look at those stuff too. You got to look at. The, the TV work is where you got to look at what you've put in. I, I wonder know? now, with obviously the success that you've had, has the conversation of equity come up? Is that where you're at now? That's, where, I'm, that's okay. where we're at now. We're at, we're, we're, we're at that with City Trends. Yeah. I'm trying to get the other bags from the R R Ricky Rosés and the Belays and all that. But, you know, I got to yeah. do a little ha-ha, little baby. You know, uh, uh, so you know? speaking, <laughs> speaking of Rosé, shout out to Ross. Um, Bel Air. Yeah. You're a brand ambassador for Bel Air, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. How did that come about? Let's talk about that a little bit. Well, my team, you know, it was presented um, for my management, my PR, and they was just like, hey, we got this opportunity with LA, with Ross, Pink Lux Rose, you'll be the face, you know, what you trying to do, they really want you, and I was like, okay, let's see, because, I mean, I'm a drinker when it comes to wine and champagne, right, so I'm not like, we're going to pull up some brown, and we just going to get crazy, like, I'm, I don't smoke, you know, so I'm like, all right, I'm not that girl, but I love the color pink. I love the way champagne makes me feel. It's survive, it's smooth. We could do it. And plus, at that time, I was more so thinking of the kids that I that that follows me. I'm big on that, you know. I'm big on just leading, you know, and they follow me, you mm. know. So I was like, you know what? I'm not trying to be like ah, doing promos, you know. What's up, you Talking know? Bottles. All that, you know, yeah. bad boy. Like we're not doing that, right? So I was just like, oh, let me figure it out, you know. So that I sat on it. I took a second and I was like, you know, I'll do it. You know, I see where it goes. I'm all about making it make sense on my page. I don't like to post anything that's out of Pretty V, out of me, out of what I believe in, anything that I have going on. I want to make sure it's, you know, pleasing to people like yourself who click and say, oh, all right, she's funny. We'll, we'll use her for host something. We'll do this to do something. Or, mm, I think it's, she's reaching. Like, that's, that gives them very promo-y. Like, you know, because some of those things you have to kind of, you know, shaping up when you have these agencies and people who look at you, like, it's a lot of stuff going on in this girl page is giving me real promo vibes. So it came about my manager and PR presented that opportunity to me. Yeah, you said City Trends. City so Trends, I, yeah. I know you started as an ambassador. Yep. And became a partner. Mm -hmm. So how did that relationship develop? Um, just like you said it, you know, being a brand ambassadorship, you know, I um, DM'd them. Because I was like, I, like I said, I, I'm a, vi a big visionary person. I like to look at it in my mind, laugh at it a little bit, you know, be like, whoa, how am I going to do that? But if your imaginations and your visions is not scaring someone, then you are not putting yourself here. Because somebody's going to always ask you, how are you going to do that? That means we're not on the same type of frequency. That means we're not on the same type of time. Like, you got to make sure your vision scares Rashad, you feel me? Because it's like, whoa, how are we going to do that? Oh, I'm going to show you. So that's what I did. I, I DM City Trends. I said, hey, I don't know if they're going to write back. I didn't have that, those followers like that. I was like, you know, I'm pretty sure like they're not looking for somebody to, to be a brand ambassador. So I did. They said, oh, yeah, we'll, you know, send you some clothes, take some pictures. Ah, ah, ah. Cool. You know, I did that. Then me and my team sat down and said, hey, we need to create something around this pretty V um, brand that you have. Like, what is it? What can City Trends do? So that's when we flew to New York because that's where they're based out of. We sat down with the company that was like, we're fans. We love what you've done. Again, I've moved their followers up to like 20K to almost 100K. So now when I sit back and i like, okay, where, where did I start? We sat down and we said, hey, we want to work and we need a percentage in this business. Yeah, so you got some product lines. Product right? lines. So mm -hmm. you got beauty care. Beauty. And you got electronics. Electronics. Then we got umbrellas. And umbrellas. And, we got and luggage. And luggage sets. Yeah, yeah. I want to make sure we get we it got, all. Uh, you know, license plates. You <laughs> know, we got. Let me, let me ask you this because beauty I think influencers a lot of time don't fully understand that word. And they, they're using their influence for the wrong thing. Where they only use it for corporate endorsements. And that's fine. But like you said, during COVID, where corporations are not spending money anymore, 
your influence doesn't matter, but mm -hmm. it's like your influence is bigger than just working with corporations. Entrepreneurship and using your influence to actually start a business or be part of a business and have like a direct to consumer relationship mm -hmm. with what you're doing now. So when did you realize like I got all of these people that follow me? It's cool to get a check from a company, but it's better to actually have a business where I can I don't necessarily have to worry about a company paying me because mm -hmm. my audience is, I can speak directly to my audience and then they can purchase products and services. Yeah. Um, well, you know what? Before the City Trends and before we connected, I already had, I was selling merch on my own, the VXL collection, mm. bonnets that you mentioned earlier, yeah. robes, you know, <laughs> t-shirts. Um, I kind of wanted to set that up, you know, so people could buy, like you said, like, you know, it doesn't have to be through a company. It could just be for me. Um, but even when I started, my cousin was the first person, Tok was the first person to invest in me. You know, she was like, hey, I believe in what you're trying to do. Here's ah, ah, let's work. That was back in 2016. Hmm. The first person to say, hey, I want to give you this so, you can, so you're able to buy hoodies and shirts and make sure your followers, you know, support you, you know, and see what it does. Did we have a great um, time working with each other? And we didn't because everybody have a different type of eye and vision, but that's family. So we had to respect it. We had to part ways. And that's when I decided to do my robes on my own, you know, and do the bonnets and stuff. So, I mean, I knew that when I started doing Yo, What Up in my kitchen. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You rocking all that other extra stuff, you know, I was like, yo, I could make some money. Not through just a company. I got some reach, too. You know, let's figure it out. So now I'm ready to get back in that space of kind of selling some stuff on my own. So I get my money and I ain't got to share it. Yeah, one of the <laughs> things, I mean, and you can tell me if this is true or not, the price point. I know mm -hmm. City Trends, um, your products range from $5 to $50. Is that one of the reasons that you decided to partner with them? Because it was a price point that was affordable for a large part of a community? Is yes. Okay. Yeah, City Trends is um, definitely a quality. It's a one-stop shop. You get anything in City Trend. CDs, DVDs, toothpaste, toothbrushes. Headphones. Pretty he headphones. Pretty V. <laughs> like a flea market. <laughs> like a flea market, you know? Yeah. And it's been around for years. They have 588 stores, and I'm in all of them, you know? So we have new merchandise coming out. Um, I'm excited for that release, and it's going to be amazing. So now we have put the price point up, too, so that we ain't rocking with the $10 no more. We do that thing. You got $25. Yeah. Wow. Wilding out is what really skyrocketed just a Oh, yeah. Skyrocketed my bank account, too. Talk about that as far as like once you said you had to hustle your way on, but once you got on, how did that change everything for you? It changed, but again, like I said, you know how it is. You got to do about 12 episodes to see a check, and then after that, you get paid. So I still had to make sure bills was paid, even when I was in New York filming, even when we were at home in Atlanta filming. I said to make sure I was, you know, getting some bookings outside of Wilding Out. Um, because then it's just a season, you know, they do, they, you know, we shoot, then it's back to, you know, working on your own things. So people might not know that, though, like if they're yeah. not in the business. So you did a whole episode without getting paid. A whole season. season a whole yeah, season you don't get paid, paid until after this, the seasons are done. 12 episodes, 12 weeks consecutively? No, it's not. Literally, we, we bust those out in like, what is it, like two weeks? Okay. Mm. We do like three episodes, two episodes a day, you know, and then you don't see that until you're done with that um, yeah. season. And you're yeah. a recurring talent on the show. Six seasons, yeah. So how does that? So obviously you didn't start with the same price that you went in with. So mm -hmm. what was that? What's well, contract though? It's so whatever okay. you whatever you signed in the beginning, that's what you get For until each. you renegotiate. Oh, yeah. So do they do it in terms? So it's like five hundred dollars, thousand. That's what you're gonna get. Okay. Because you signed for it. So you got to read them lines, that black and white lines. Now I'm gonna get my. If I'm, I'm growing right. now, and it's like if I'm growing, then I'm still have to look at this. $2 black and white thing that you're giving me to sign until we go back and renegotiate. I ain't get $2 now. Thank God for Nick. Shout out. What's up, Nick? How you doing? You good? <laughs> I, you know, love Nick down. That's family. But I come all day, right? But you still have to read those dotted lines because you will be in something paying you $1,500, two grand an episode. And that's what you're waiting on until the season's done. Because no one gets paid until the season's done. That's why you have the DC Young Flies, the 85 South, all that. That works outside of it because we could be on a set but dc's not there because he got a movie he's filming for a day mm -hmm. vena may not be there because i got a book and i got to do that I already is committed to before while now so you don't get paid until the, it airs or after you shoot it after we shoot it after you shoot yeah it. maybe like a week later okay yeah i'm wondering now right obviously you're pretty v 
to the world. Yeah. Put your Vina on it every day. Yeah. When you Devana go, is my real name, but I always say Devana XL. That's the. So let's that's even Devana. Yeah. So when you go into meetings. Right? Are people looking at you as Preeti or are they respecting you as Devana? See, this is, thank you for that question. Yeah. This is how I, um, you know, defer the two because people have to understand, like, you know, the Pretty V is what you guys see. You know, you see the Sharon, you see all those characters that floats in his head every day, right? And then you see Devana XL, you know, Vina XL, whichever people want to call me. When I walk in, I'm not walking at, ah, what they do, what they do, ah. <laughs> I'm walking in like, let's talk, let's have a conversation. Let me let you know why that four-year degree got busy, you know? Let me know why I went there, cried, pled, winked at a couple, a couple of professors for a little grade. Let me, <laughs> let me tell you why I did all that to make sure I'm good and why I served, you know, um, my alma mater the way I did. So when I walk into the Bel Air meetings with Brent McQueen, who is everything, you know, to Bel Air mm -hmm. and the Rick Ross, I'm just not like doing all the extras. Like we're going to have a conversation. And I always turn people in this industry who I meet into business. And I don't say into things like I'm going to use you or we're going whatever. But I always want them to think of me as not just playing all the time. I'm not going to give you share on a peanut mom every day. I'm going to I have sense. Mm -hmm. I, I am intelligent. We could have a conversation and I want my conversation to resonate in your spirit when you leave and you say mm, she's different and I like her and I'm gonna help her and I'm gonna I want to you know invest in her I want to you know see her win that's my thing so the Rosses the Tiffany Haddishes that I meet the little Duvals the Charlemagne's just everybody that I meet on Instagram Swiss Beats the little Kims and Missy Elliott's like I I just I we we, we business and I and I love it well you mentioned yeah. all of those people yeah how much have you learned from them and how important is that for your growth as far as to, you know, have that level of mentorship or, you know, just to be able to ask questions? You know, um, I've always been a, always a check up on people, like just randomly when I was in college, just calling everybody like, what y'all doing? Yeah, good. My mom used to like, you talk too much on that phone, hang up the phone. But I'm actually just checking in on people. I'm actually just seeing what they, what they have going on. But I didn't really know the business relationships until I got into it. Like, you know, make sure you keep, make sure, and I didn't really learn that from my, man, my, my manager who taught me that, like, make sure you keep those relationships. Make sure, you know, this is your name. Like, you don't want nobody to talk about you. My mom too, even about money, please pay them people, honey, because you don't want nobody in Atlanta to talk about you, that you owe them $2,000, $2. Like, you better pay them folks. I've learned that, right? But I've also learned to, you know, um, Always don't be so accessible. I've, I've learned that. Um, I was talking to Missy Elliott one day, and she told me never to be so accessible, you know, in, in, in this business. Just always seem exclusive. You ain't got to be with the crowd. You ain't got to always be in people's face. They don't know who you are one day. Mm -hmm. Just keep doing your thing. Keep grinding. Keep going. You need to make sure you, you, you keep that relationship because they've done something for you just like you're doing something for them. But they're looking out for you. They gave you the opportunity. Revolt, allow me to sit with you guys to, you know, seek the knowledge, gain some knowledge, gain some wisdom on what you guys do and, and vice versa, you know, mm -hmm. because people don't understand when you sit with me, you, you're not going to just get all those people. You're going to really, you're going to have a conversation. So I've learned so much from Nick. Nick told me, you know, you can never do no wrong. Keep going. You know, you are an actress. You are a comedian. You're funny. You're a star. Do it, you know. Charlamagne, you got this V, trust God. Every time I get on the phone, you good, trust it, you good. You doing this, you got to do this, trust Lil Duval. I said, man, get out your head, because I know, I know niggas that don't smoke weed that ain't crazy now. You don't be in your head so much, you get crazy now. So I've learned so much from everybody that I've worked with in this business. My mom, my management, my team, you know, I've, I've learned patience in this thing too, you know. Um, you said something about being an actress. Mm-hmm. And I know that you just had uh, a role with uh, BET that you just yeah. did. Congratulations on that. Thank you. And so your mind is full of creativity. What else is on the vision board looking forward for you? Oh, I can't tell you what the vision board is because that's just me. You know, I'm going to die. But I can really tell you it's going to be, I mean, we're going to shake, we're going to shake this industry up just a little bit, you know, because I think people, um, I, don't, I don't try to wait for Hollywood. I can't do that. I waited a little bit and I said, you know what, I'm just going to keep doing this thing. Be this, be pleasant, shake hands, ah, ah. But that don't work. You got to put the work in. If you're going to pray and you're going to ask God to order your steps and, and get you in the rooms that you're called to be, you have to put you know, work behind that goal. You got to work behind that dry erase board. When you're asking God for execution, prosperity, longevity, this, you have to put work behind it. So right now I'm putting work behind everything I want to do. And it's four, four things I want 2022 to see. And it's going to happen. So yeah. 
talk about reinventing yourself because you start mm -hmm. off as you know doing sketch on Instagram, then television, mm -hmm. then I'm assuming you know maybe movies, mm -hmm. and then being an entrepreneur. So how important is it not to be stagnant and always like you know reaching for the next level? You know, you just got to be uncomfortable. That's what I learned. You can't do the same thing. It's like all the redundant stuff. It's like, okay, it's played out. I think for me, I catch myself getting ghosts a little bit from Instagram. And I've learned that now because I could give it a rest and not be so eager to post, 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 like missing out on something. Mm -hmm. I've learned to kind of assess the room, assess my page, assess what I'm doing. Why are my minds all over the place? Why am I confused? Why am I overthinking again? Because I'm doing something I'm supposed to be doing. I'm analyzing this Instagram so much that I should be having fun with it. Have fun. Everything else is going to fall into place. So I think reinventing yourself is just changing up some things around. You know, if you did skits in your kitchen for like five years, I need you to go outside with that character a little bit, shake the room, kind of collab with peers, you know, give yourself a plan. So, you know, like, hey, I think you should kind of do this. That's when you just ask me what's on my vision board. A show. Pretty V needs her own show. So that's what the goal is. That's what we're trying to, you know, get to. And more movies. I just shot... I have three movies now, you know, two coming out on Chris, um, the holiday movie and the BT Plus or Remy Ma. And, what's, and the, what's the difference between working on a television show and a movie? I don't think there's no difference. I just, I think it's work. I think it's also the time you put in. I think you, you have to like feel every character. Right now, I'm filming something right now that's going to be really, really dope. But I was like, wow, I'm playing this character and now I have to be this character. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not pretty V. Like, I have to feel their hurt. I have to feel their pain. Movies, this is what it is. TV shows... We just there. You telling us what to do. We having fun. Ah, uh, ah. Uh. But in movies, you really have to play that character. You really have to get into. Hey there. Ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah. Or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. What that character is feeling, what they're going through, you know, what their trials and tribulations are, like how and how can you get out of that? Because some people stay in that character and go home. Yeah. I got to get out of that. I got to go home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you said something earlier in the interview, you said that uh, somebody told you that's too Jim Carrey. And I know that that's one of your comedic idols. Yeah. Um, which is interesting because in our books, we always I always hear uh, you hear Richard Pryor, you hear Eddie Murphy, you hear Martin Lawrence, Dave Chappelle. What is it about Jim Carrey that you said that's the guy? I think his personality and his vision. I think we're on the same type of time. I'm actually re reading Will Smith's book right now, and he talked about some of the stuff that I go through mm -hmm. as far as like my imaginations and like you know making sure that. It doesn't like, you know, overtake you. You know, sometimes people, like I said, people get to these movies, they really get into a place where you really be that. Like, yeah. I've heard so many stories on set, but um, Jim Carrey, he's just, he's awesome. Like, you got a Canadian guy who, you know, the Waynes gave him an opportunity in Living Color to, mm -hmm. to be himself. So, yeah, I just love him. He's just, he's done so much for the culture, you know, and you have to give him his flowers. He's been doing this for a long time. Yeah. Remain the goat in my eyes. I just love him. He has so much personality. What's, what's that like when you walk out in the streets and somebody, like let's say you're at the supermarket, somebody sees you and they want you to be that character. What, what's that like? When I say niggas be aggravating, <laughs> I'm like, yo, I'm not pretty V today. I'm not going to do that. You know, yo, do the V bounce. Do, do this. Thing. Yeah, do, do the thing. thing. Do that thing you just did. That's it. You got viral. I'm like, look, hi, how are you? You good? Like, and they be like, okay, like, and you know, it's okay to me, you know, people like get mad if I don't do whatever, because I'm just like, I'm trying to get to sacks. Like, if they close at six, it's 6.45, <laughs> you know, I'm already late, you know, the back door was still open. But I mean, I don't pay it no mind. I still show love. And they be like, you pretty in person. I'm like, what the hell I'm on the ground? What I'm doing on the ground? I'm looking. So different types of comedy. A lot of people don't appreciate that either. Like mm -hmm. the skit comedy, but then stand up comedy is completely Ooh. different. You've done stand-up before? I have done stand-up. 
<laughs> How has that experience been for you? Uh uh. I'm gonna take the hosting part. Just give me, give me the mic to host. And not to say I won't do it, but it would have to be a one woman show. I would have to do a one woman show. Whoopi did it. You know, she was a genius behind that. I can't be up there talking about who is this. And it's a story though, but you gotta put the jokes behind your story. I don't shade anybody for doing it. B. Simone does it. All my peers is on that. They, everybody love all that. I just, that ain't for me. And I'm too much of, I'm jumping on the stage. I want to do this, you know, all that. So, and I watched Martin when Martin was doing Def Jam with Bernie Mac. He was bringing all these people out. I kind of watched him do the hosting part. Yeah. It's like I love that more. You get in, get in, and get out. You know, yeah. and come back and you dress like somebody else. That's me. That's my vibe. So, in hip hop, people that don't write their rhymes don't get a, a lot of credit because mm -hmm. they feel like that's not true hip hop. But um, a lot of comics don't write their own jokes. Some comics feel like that discredits them. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about that? And do you write everything that you like, all your jokes? Well, I do. I mean, if I'm going up on stage and especially hosting, you know, I know what I have in my little notepad on my iPhone. Like, I write this is what I'm going to plug in, this is what I'm going to say, this is my opening, these are my points I'm going to touch on. If I'm hosting for like 20 minutes, I do have something that I follow. But when, when it comes down to somebody helping you with your jokes, that's what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to help. You know, sometimes we get brain fog. Sometimes we don't know. Sometimes we got other things going on. So that's why you come in, you build that team that you trust and that, you know, it's funny just like you. And it could be your auntie to give my mama give me jokes all the time. That peanut mom character is my mama. So she gave me that character and I ran with it. You know, yeah. so you got all, you got the cousins that help you and all that. But I know as far as the professional side goes, I think that's what you're supposed to do. If you don't get it. I mean, I'm going to need me a writer when I start rapping again. I'm going to need somebody to give me a little hot six. And you don't have a lot of time to actually sit yeah, in and, and, and write. Yeah, you need help. You have to build that team, that yeah. trust. You, uh, Smokey Robinson has a song, The Tears of a Clown When No One's Around. Mm -hmm. Right? It's about the person who always brings everybody joy, but who brings that person joy? You, you mm -hmm. brought up Robin Williams who suffered from depression and um, is no longer with us. Is there a person or a place that you go to when it's like, you know what? I need to regroup. I need to pour back into myself. So I just spoke about this to um, my team the other day, and I said, well, I spoke to, about, to my homegirl this morning, and we were just talking. I was talking about, like, the crowds that we involve ourselves in, and just so many things that you put out and you don't get fed back in. And I said, I'm tired of doing that. I'm the type of girl that will send devotions out every morning. You know, I check up on people. I make sure they're straight. I make sure this, like... They wait for me before they cut the cake because they know I'm going to do something crazy before we cut the cake. So it's just like, like who's going to call me when I am like depressed or if I have anxiety or if I'm overthinking about something? Who's going to be there? And I mean, again, I do have people that are there for me. But when I'm in my house and it's not nothing going on and it's just me and myself, I have to run to God. I have to run to my devotion. I got to run to my Bible. I got to run to my music. That's going to R&B or gospel because, you know, I'm, I'm my mind being in the 90s all day. So I got to run back to something that makes me feel good. That's what calms my spirit. That's what calms my nerves. And just talking to people that's on the same type of time as me or even higher in this business that know like, hey, this is what you should do. This is how you should do it. And this is what you need to do. And talking to my pastor, which is my mom, you know, and just making sure like she knows what I be going through. So, I mean, I have plenty of people that will pour into me. But then sometimes I feel like it ain't enough. I'll be mm -hmm. like, mm, you're just telling me something to get off the phone or, uh. Not really, whatever. And I think you should have that. I think that's my transition with different people in my life. Like, if you ain't kind of, you know, playing a part in my life, then we don't need to be having no conversation. Because when you go and got $1 in your pocket, you calling me for the extra 50 cent, you know? So I'm just like, no, we got to, if we're going to do this, I don't want to feel like I'm the one that's giving in so much. I want to, we're equal and we're doing what we got to do. Let's talk about music. Because um, you see a lot of comics going to music. Yes. And some is like, there's still comedy, but then some is like serious, like Jamie Foxx. Yeah. Took a while for people to really take him serious as a musician, but now it's like... He's a legend. Yeah, he's a yeah. legend. And even, shout out to Fat Boy. I feel like at <laughs> first when he started to put out music, people thought it was a joke, but now he's actually... Lil Duval. Lil Duval. But Lil Duval's still on the comic side. Top 10 song. No, no, it is, but yeah. it's still comedy. But like yeah. Fat Boy's putting out serious music. Yeah. Fatboy, yeah. Our boy Shiggy put out a song. Shout out to Shiggy. Yeah. That's my guy. Yeah. So, all right. Why are why so many comics transitioning to music? And what's your journey transitioning into Eddie music? I'm Eddie Murphy now. <laughs> Eddie Murphy, that was a... I think, you know, we as creative people feel like we could do it all. I think that's what I think one thing. And it's like, look, I could, I could do that. I could kind of put it in a comedic way. 
That's how I feel about my music. Like, I don't, I'm not saying, yo, I'm about to go, <laughs> Like, I'm really, like, talking, like, fun so people can relate. Like, ladies, make your bad pop. Like, you hit the jackpot. Get the love. Like, all that stuff. I'm doing it to have a great time. I just think people just think they can do everything. And then when it don't go nowhere, it's like, ah, oh, let me go back to being funny on stage, you know? Booty Bounces is the first song. Booty Squeeze. Booty Squeeze. Yeah. That goes crazy. Yeah. We got more songs coming? We got more songs coming. But you know, Booty Squeeze was just maybe like the third, my third song. Mm -hmm. I had like Yo What Up. I had Annie where I covered the Jay-Z's Heart Not Life. Shout out to my producer, Ron Brown. Yeah. Well, I yeah. think it also helps with a live show too, right? Like yeah. if you're doing a live show, you could do music. You could tell jokes. Yeah. You could you Come got, out to your song. Exactly. You know, yeah. get busy on stage with the jokes. You know, yeah. It helps. Yeah. How important, how important is that for comics, the live show? Because shout out to 85 South. They've been touring. They do oh, a bunch of insane. live shows. Some people don't do live shows, but I know that's always been real big for comics mm -hmm. to test out their material yeah. live, but then also a revenue stream as well. Yeah. So how do you feel about that? I mean, I think when you get on that stage, when that light hit, when it's action, it's time to rock and roll. You're either going to get booed or you're going to either keep going. I had days where people was like, I'm like, okay, so do I should put my robe over my head and do a little Harlem shake? I'm like, what's going to make y'all laugh? You know? So I think it's really like a, a great thing that we could see how we do. And I remember my, the producer was not said, we not on Instagram no more, so y'all better get right. This is not your iPhone. Yeah. This is stage. Mm. We have a live stage here in Atlanta that wants to see y'all tell jokes. So that's when I had to kind of boss up on my material because I'm like, if these people are not laughing at me when I come out and they are going crazy for DC Young Fly, I mean, yes, he's a veteran here, but I need to step it up. And that's when DC's always said, man, be yourself. Talk your shit, man. You funny just like me. Ah, like all that stuff. And I used to be like, okay. And that's what that's who actually made me feel comfortable on stage was DC because we add just alike. We got the physical comedy going. He crazy. I'm crazy. So it's really fun. So it helps us to, it's actually, you know, practice. Everything is practice. Even when the legends go on stage and they, you know, nervous, it's practice for them for something else. So, yeah. During those live, is, is that process involved writing or is that still top of the head? Some of it is top of the head and some of it we come collected as a group to come up with jokes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because that, that's something that I, I feel mean, like... I mean, everybody want to know that question. Like, look, y'all going off the dome. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember Kevin Hart, uh, he was doing like this small comedy club. Mm -hmm. I'm like, why was he do that? And then I realized that they do the small comedy clubs as like a warm up before he warm does up. like the arena tours to yeah. test out the material. Yep. Yeah. I've never done a warm up. You know how many people try to drag me? Duval's man. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Ba -ba -ba -ba. At participating McDonald's. Andrew Clay used to always drag me to open mic, and I'd be like, I ain't going now. If you go with me to host, I will, but as still a set. You can't go on and try to host something and you ain't got no material that you're going to follow. That's why I said, like, my notepad on my phone helps, but it's still, you still need to prepare for that hosting because you just can't go up there and say anything. It's like, what are we doing? But what's so funny is, I didn't think people were going to really know me when I started doing stand up or when I was hosting as well. When I walked on that stage, it's like, you can't do no wrong. They know you. But go to a city where they don't know you. They're going to be like, that influencer, comedy, Instagram, don't work here, baby. We don't know you. But we know the headliner, you know? So, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, all right. This name of the show is Assets Over Liability. That's our slogan. So yeah, tell me about it. Because sometimes, too, when I be thinking about assets and liability, I be confused about what's going on. So just tell me about what's going on. Well, I'll give you my Troy can give you his. Yep. But yeah. what, what's yours first? What do you think? When I say asset, what do you think comes to mind? And when I say liability, what comes to mind? Um, when I think of like liability, I think of, you know, what is it? I always think of like, well, when you say you are liability, so yeah, I can't how, really... How, I, how I, I look at it is like adding and subtracting. Like, I feel like an like asset you, adds, adds yeah, and, and then a liability, liability subtracts. Yeah, and it could be yeah. personal too, right? It's like yeah. some people in your life subtract, yeah. some people from your life add. And mm -hmm. then of course, like if you have an investment that adds... If you if you buy something that is only going to depreciate, that subtracts. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like you, said, you a liability. Like I can't even. Da -da 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 -da. Yeah. In your mind, you already know that that yeah. person is not adding anything to yeah. your relationship. Mm -hmm. So that's why you're saying they're a liability. Yeah. But like when you bought your house, you said, "I got that yeah. asset." Yeah. Right. Because mm -hmm. that can bring in money. Yeah. You know what I mean? Assets over liabilities. Mm. Gotta have more assets. You gotta have more assets and liabilities. Yeah. 
Come That's on, the gang, gang, gang. Because my house is definitely an asset. And that's what my mom keep telling me. That's an investment. That's an asset. But the liability part is always here. Like, it's like you can't do nothing for me, so you're a whole liability. A whole yeah. liability. You're a whole, yeah. you're a whole liability. Yeah. Not, not, a half, not a half, a whole one. Yeah, a whole. Period. Whole dog. So tell dog. me about what, 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 for you guys. You're, I mean, I know you guys are talking to me, but I mm. want to know a little bit more about Troy and Rashad. EYL. The biggest ever. <laughs> now, Earn Your Leisure was something that we just thought would be a cool, just, you know, talk about business and investing, but mm-hmm. how we talk, you know, it's like, we felt like that wasn't really popular at that point in time, where it was like, now it's real popular on Instagram, but before that, everybody had to wear a suit, everybody had to be stuffy, and you, yeah. so it was like, they wasn't really talking like, you know, if you were just in a barbershop having a conversation. Mm-hmm. So now it's like, we get to talk about stocks, real estate, and maybe yeah, cool. And, <laughs> but you see how you just said that, like, that's the whole point where it's like not over somebody's head. It's yeah. not complicated. It's very easy to understand. Just like how we understand anything else. We understand fashion. We understand sports. We can understand business and stocks, crypto the same way. Yeah, because the reality is when we talk about the stocks, we're investing in the companies that are making money or else you wouldn't be buying it, right? There's a reason why you bought those shoes. Right. There's a reason why you bought it. But you could actually change from being a consumer, the person that's buying it, to being an owner, somebody that owns a company. And so now when you buy it, and a thousand people do it. If I own a piece of the company, my money appreciates. So now me owning it becomes the asset. Rather than buying the boots that 10 years from now, nobody's wearing anymore, and you spent on it, it's a liability. It didn't bring in any money for you. Look, I'm following this now. Okay, <laughs> what are we talking about? V, it's been a pleasure. Thank you guys so much. Any last words for the people? You know, I just wanted to, you know, come here and just, you know, tell my story. You know, y'all come into the my world because, yeah, you know, yeah. y'all talk about the stocks and <laughs> what is it? Disciples. What is it? Crypto, 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 crypto. Yeah, the crypto, crypto. vibes yeah. and big fishy. You know, what is it? Bitcoin. <laughs> all that stuff. Now, I need y'all to know, like, that's fly and all that. But, you know, it's other ways you can make money, too. You know, I turn funny into money and it's, you know. We just gonna do. We do that by just being consistent. We do that by being prayed up. We just do that by hustling and we're just working hard. So I thank y'all so much for, you know, giving me some little tips on what y'all do as yeah. well. But you know, that's I community. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We learn from each other. Yes, that's what's that's the beauty of it. So. Turn funny in the money. There you funny. have it. Yeah. All right, now don't do too much of that. <laughs> Look, we trying to get that pat in here. <laughs> thank you guys so much. Thank you. So much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And the money's in the boots. <laughs> in today's market, understanding analytics is powerful to having small businesses grow, especially those who are black and brown. Analytics is everything to a business owner. You must understand not only if your clients are black or white, you have to know where they live. You have to know if they graduated from college or not. You have to know every little detail. This separates the pros from the amateurs. And we're very fortunate to have our guy, Ralph, calling in from Facebook. Ralph, what's going on, man? What's up, fellas? How you guys doing? Ralph, let me ask you this. I know you have many success stories. Can you highlight one? For sure. The one that I can think of is is one of our businesses from this year, which is one of my favorites. It's called Lush Yummies. Have y'all heard of them? Have not. So Lush Yummies is this uh, wholesale and online bakery based out of Detroit, Michigan. It's owned uh, by a black woman named Jennifer Lyle. And she participated back in the Elevate program back in April. And she got mentorship. And essentially, she came facing a few problems. She was getting a lot of exposure, but really wanted to make sure she could handle the influx of orders um, that was coming up. And then she also wanted to figure out how she could build customer loyalty and kind of target a little more locally. So in the program, Jennifer got connected with a mentor. She learned more about the Facebook ads platform, specifically learned about the Facebook pixel, which is a piece of code that you can put on your website. And it helps you identify audiences who visit your website and also track and measure success of your ad campaigns, which is what is like really the most powerful thing about leveraging our platforms. She installed that. She used a few hundred dollars to run a campaign and advertise locally within Detroit to reach people who could pick up her pies from her shop. And from that one campaign, she actually had a line around the corner, which was incredible. And it just really highlights the full power and prowess of our Facebook platform, but also of the Meta Elevate platform and program itself. That's amazing. Yeah, shout out to Detroit. Shout out to Jennifer and Lush Yummies. Meta Elevate is a for us, by us, and about us platform at Meta. 
Um, what's powerful about this is that it's the result of employees of color at Facebook who worked across different facets of the company from ad sales, consulting some of the largest corporations in the world on best practices for Facebook ads and seeing the millions of dollars in return on investment that these businesses were getting and wanting to make that same level of access to those resources available to Black, Latinx, and Hispanic communities specifically. So Ralph, let me ask you, what exactly does the program do? That's a great, great question. To put it simply, I think of Meta Elevate as the plug for Black, Latinx, and Hispanic businesses to succeed on Facebook and Instagram. We essentially offer digital skills training, one-on-one -on -one coaching and mentorship, free workshops, as well as digital community, all centered around coaching Black and Latinx and Hispanic-owned businesses on how to leverage Facebook and Instagram products from an ads and business perspective to maximize and grow their brand, business, and body of work. Yeah, I like that, the plug. So can you give us a detailed resource that users can actually apply to help their businesses grow? Yeah, for sure. So I mentioned that we offer a mentorship. So we have a website that you can tap into. Um, and there you can kind of go in and sign up for mentorship and support. Get connected to somebody at Facebook who works on these products and these platforms on a day-to-day -day basis and get some of the coaching and support that you need to help folks connect you to help your business. For example, let's say you want to raise awareness and they'll help you onboard onto the Facebook ads manager platform and show you, answer your questions and help you come up with strategies um, to take advantage of so that you can help your business and brand grow on the platform. Look, that's a lot of information. If you want to find out more, I want you to do me a favor. Head over to facebook.com slash FB Elevate right now. That's facebook.com backslash FB Elevate. Ralph, it's been a pleasure, my brother. Thank you for joining us. Likewise. Thank you for having me. between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada -ba -ba -ba. At participating McDonald's.